Are you ready? Ready to transform your life and step into the person that you say you want to be. Ready to stop talking and start doing. I'm Ange, a health and fitness coach. And I'm Ashley, a Reiki master and energy healer. And we are here to help you do exactly that. And you're busy. We get that because we are too. But even with the challenges and chaos, you deserve and can live a life full of absolute joy, happiness, and purpose. We want you to join us in taking radical responsibility so that you can take everything in your life to that next level. Have the best sex of your life. Live in a body that you love. Let go of worry and stress. And live in total alignment. Your happier, healthier, and amazing life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. Angela, my dear, how are you? I'm doing awesome, babe. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I love the background that you have on right now. I don't know that setting, but you look like you're like floating on a cloud. Like you're this genie that's just like hanging out with your floaty pants on and you just might just... If she evaporates into thin air, guys, um, not to worry. We have a special guest on, and I will not let her leave without uh, um, without saying hi and telling us her story. So, welcome, Kathy. How are you? Great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We are so awesome. All right, Miss Kathy. Um, your last name is Harmon Luber. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Oh, yes. Last names are such a trick for me. So I uh, pride myself when I do get one, right? Because oh, they seem to just, I don't know, they come out wrong a lot. Um, so, and I don't know if you are the same, but I feel like your name is, it's something that I will always correct people on, right? When, so I don't want to ever get anybody's name incorrect because it connects to who we are. And there's a lot of people who just go by the wrong name. Yeah, so I, I think to make it's sure so important that. to get names right. I'm the same way. So thank you for that. Yes, yeah. of course. So, Miss Kathy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I feel like you and I have a lot in common. So I just want to I just want to listen a lot. Um, so, yeah, tell okay. us who you are and a little bit about your journey and why you're here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think we do have some things in common, kind of kindred spirits. You know, I am a Reiki master. I am a sound healing practitioner, a musician, an artist, a writer. I've written a book, uh, so I'm an author. And in my other life, my my work life, I, I write grants for nonprofits that make the world a better place help homeless kids and traumatized kids and provide basic services and, and, and that kind of thing. So, so I wear kind of a lot of hats and it, it all has sort of been this life journey that I've been on, you know, um, it sort of defies putting, putting me into any one little compartment. It's been this great evolution as you ladies talk about, you know, how we transform our lives and, and ride this, this journey of life. And, you know, as, as you know, I've been on this incredible healing journey for, for decades now, which has really been transformative. And what I love to talk about is, you know, so often when, when something bad happens to us if it's if it's that we get very sick or we lose a capability or or something happens to someone in our in our own lives in our circle 
that can sometimes derail us from finding our life purpose. So, so I like to think about our healing journey, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, the healing journey is embedded in our life's journey, which is part of our soul's journey. And sometimes the things that disrupt our lives uh, could be anything from, uh, in, in, in my case, um, having some debilitating spinal diseases and autoimmune to having a divorce or losing a job or, or losing a loved one. Um, there are all sorts of stories out there of transformation that happen via disruption of our lives. And um, the book I've written, Suffering to Thriving, uh, uh, your toolkit for navigating your healing journey talks all about how we navigate healing, loss, acceptance, and find it can help us be a portal to find our real purpose in life, our, our, our meaning in life. And that certainly was true in my case and a lot of the clients that I work with. So, yeah, that, that's, that's part of, of what I love to talk about, which you both um, also talk about a lot, too, this whole transformation of our lives. Yeah. I feel like all the words that you just said were like, you know, when you submit like a resume and there's like certain keywords that like, that's what brings your certain applicants through. Yeah. I just, as you're saying, you're talking about spirituality and the physical and, you know, transformation. I'm like, this girl's saying all the words that we like, that we use and that we are constantly um, moving in and throughout and helping others navigate too. So I think that it's just another um, alignment, just showing that, uh, yeah. I, we are so glad that you're here because that's a lot of the words that you just used um, speak very highly and very closely to both Angie's heart and mine. Um, so, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Kathy, you just kind of briefly scratched on something that happened with your spine. But we start with that pivotal point of your story, the debilitating health crisis that showed up in your life, really to give people some context to the struggle and context to the mountain that really you've been able to overcome. Yeah, it was a mountain for sure. So so my journey started in my 20s. You know, I was super active. I, I was a, a runner, a dancer. I hiked, I swam, you know, skied, all the stuff. And super active life, young. When I was 20, 21, I was, I, I received the first diagnosis of many about my spine. And I was told I have the spine of an 80 year old woman. And I was like, oh my gosh, they thought I'd be in a wheelchair by the time I was in my mid 30s. And you know, I was just like, I don't want to own that. And so I just kept. That was the beginning of looking for answers, both physical, but as, as well as spiritual and like life purpose and all that stuff. It kind of hit me at a, at a really young age. So I was I was coping, you know, had some autoimmune issues. No problem. Found lots of good doctors. I was doing really well until 20 years later when I had I was at the gym working out with a personal trainer who knew of my back issues and the first spinal disc ruptured. And I was living in LA at the time, started seeing a lot of really great doctors and found out that I had 
seven spinal diseases. And, and then the discs started rupturing. And then a few years ago, um, and again, you know, these, these ruptures would happen. And sometimes they were just, you know, um, I was down, missed maybe two or three months of work, but I'd hop right back, you know, very resilient, get right back to life. And then uh, <laughs> six years ago, seven years ago almost, I had another disc rupture, which which was incredibly debilitating. It left me flat on my back and really, really struggling uh, and disabled for for many years. And that was horrifying, you know, because up until that happened, okay, so the year it happened in um, 2016, you know, I was traveling uh, inter internationally. I did that every year. Um, I, I was working this full-time job. I was on boards of directors for community organizations that did great things, uh, a performing musician, performing at least once or twice a weekend locally, playing classical flute, uh, hiking. You know, I live in Southern California on a mountain. My husband and I would go hiking all the time. Fast forward to the day that that happened, I was standing in our kitchen after um, having gone on a client visit three hours away. Look, my intuition was saying to me, you shouldn't do this. It's too much. Your back is really kind of fragile right now. But I was like, no, no, I'll push through it. I can rest over the holidays. No problem. I turned off my intuition. Uh, lesson to self there. And, and, and I was then just down for the count. I was standing in the kitchen talking to my husband and the disc ruptured and I had him help me get back to bed and I never got out. It took me a, a year to be able to like walk to the kitchen again, mm. unaided. It was horrendous. So it, you mentioned a mountain. Yeah, that was a mountain to get back mm. to. Uh, what, what I call now thriving, you know, I'm having a, a, a pretty normal life, can't do all the things I used to do sports wise, but, but was able to find a path to healing, not only physically, but, but what I learned during that time, which was a game changer for me is we can suffer physically and there's real suffering in the world. What people in Ukraine are going through in other countries that are war torn and and lots of people really have, you know, capital S, cap all caps, suffering. But then there's the kind of suffering that seeps into your mind that, you know, we we make a decision. Unnecessary suffering is a choice. I could have decided to just lay there and be miserable and bitter and angry. And I sure had those emotions, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I went through all of that stuff, but at some point we have to ask ourselves, is that what I want for the rest of my life, right? And how do we make the choice to not suffer? How do we replace suffering in our minds with something else? And that became the journey for me. That That is where everything sort of pivoted and I said, okay, I see a way out of this. And that could be with anything, you know, people who go through divorce or like I said before, loss of an ability or loss of a loved one, an important person in our lives, loss of an amazing job, maybe. Um, we all go through similar steps and it comes to that point where you have to say, 
How will I react? That's all we have a choice over in life, really, right? Our thoughts, our words, our actions. And so how do we make our minds our medicine? That became the journey for me. Yeah. And so what did that look like? Because I agree with you 1 million percent. And I think probably most of our listeners are agreeing with you as well, but are going like, yeah, but how? Like, I know that I, I know that I should let this go. I know that I should forgive. I know that I need to be happier. I know that I need to choose joy. I just can't, I just can't do it. Right. What takes you from that place, laying in your bed, going fuck everything and Mm -hmm. every person, this is their fault or it's not their fault, but I'm angry and this sucks and I don't want to get over it to you know what? I don't choose this. I accept it. And I'm going to make the most of it, I guess. Right. The other question I have for you is, so you're a Reiki master. So I'm sure what's going through your mind too is like, okay, what's my body telling me? Because the body is the messenger, right? Usually when we're not paying attention, when we turn that intuition off the body, it's the last thing we listen to, but it's usually often the one we do actually pay attention to because we're forced. Right. So you knew you shouldn't have gone on that trip. You're like, yeah, we're going anyways. So your body's like, okay, fine. You're not going to listen to the mental and emotional. Don't you worry, sister. You'll listen. And I'm going to give you a whole year to do so. You just wait. Right. And so I'm curious um, from that Reiki lens, um, what was your body? What were the emotions showing up in your body in connection to those messages, as well as what did you, what, what were the lessons, right? I think lots of times we're talking about like, there's a lesson or sometimes there's more to each thing, um, catastrophe, suffering, whatever that looks like. Um, and you mentioned often it's to lead us to our soul's purpose, right? Um, but I wonder, were there other lessons that showed up for you and what did those look like? There were a zillion, honestly. And yeah, that's a great question. And amen to all of it. You know, it was one of those things. So, so I, I decided, you know, I couldn't do much of anything. I was flat on my back and, but, but I could, I could write. That was one thing I could do. And so I just journaled every day. I look for inspiring quotes, anything I could hold on to. But what I did, I became very inner, right? Cause like, up until that point, my my life, even though I was I was into Reiki and sound healing and all of that, I was still very external focused. I call this what happened to me, the universe's smackdown. You know, it's like you're not paying attention, girl. I'm gonna get your attention. And and I was forced to do nothing but sit and listen. And, and to go within. And I was already a meditator. I've been meditating for decades. And I thought, well, I'm just going to listen deeply because clearly I was not listening to my intuition. I mean, there were still things I was, I was doing where I was, but in that key moment when I knew I should be resting and taking care of myself, I did not. And so the first big lesson that was really apparent to me was listen to my inner healer, uh, which is intuition, gut instinct, following your heart, call it what you will. It's, it's all the same. I call it the inner healer. The inner healer is really wise. You know, everybody's body is different, but 
the one thing we each can do is go within and just really listen. What do I need right now? And sometimes we don't like the answer. And that's where I was at, you know, up until the point that that disc ruptured. I didn't like the answer. You know, my intuition said, you need to really slow down, you know, robust self-care. And I was like, you know, at that point, self-care was, sure, getting enough sleep and going to the spa every now and then. But I needed more than that. I needed way more than that. And that was the part I wasn't paying attention to. So the biggest lesson that was immediately evident was pay attention to your intuition. Really deeply listen and up your game when it comes to self-care. Like a lot of us, I think, you know, self-care is a bubble bath. It's a nap or I don't actually nap, but, you know, getting a good night's sleep or eating right, whatever it is. There are times in our lives, no matter what the challenge is, health or otherwise, that we need something way more than that. We need, uh, you know, like, like for that first year, robust self-care was 24 seven. Mm-hmm. I had time for nothing else, you know? And so that was, that was really the first lesson and it, and it helped me to fine tune the tool of listening, deep listening to my authentic self. And I think, you know, look, we are all busy, as we know, ladies, you know, everybody is doing too much. We're running in a million directions. There's a lot of noise, our devices, news, everything in the external world pulls us away from center. And sometimes society or our jobs or our families or whatever pulls us a little off center of who we authentically are. I knew who I authentically was. I just sometimes said, oh, yep, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. You know, I don't have time for that right now. Too busy. And so deep listening, that that was one of the first things. And when I began to deeply listen through meditation, through contemplation, through journaling, um, it became clear to me that this whole notion, I did a lot of reading of a lot of great people, you know, um, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Dr. Gabor Mate, I mean, a long, long list of things. I just, I had time to read finally. And so I immersed myself in those things and they were all people I've been reading for decades, but looking at it through a whole new lens, this lens of um, deep self-care and, and, and listening. And, and what I kept hearing again and again was, what is your medicine? What is my authentic medicine? So, you know, for me personally, everybody has a different different set of medicine, if you will. Um, for me, it was music, sound, art, Reiki, writing, um, food. So many things could be uh, considered to be our medicine. And uh, I think everybody has to just go within and and figure out what that is. Nature, as I look out my window, is (laughs) deep medicine for me, right? And so I would would encourage listeners, ask yourself, what is your medicine? It's different for all of us. You know, at one point in my life, it was swimming and yoga and these these more athletic things. And and it sort of took a pivot at that point. So um, making our mind our medicine 
being really super careful and attentive to what choices am I making? What do I choose to think right now? Am I going down the downward spiral? Easy to do. Been there. I was there, you know, and, and that wasn't the only point in my life, but um, it's easy to go to that place. But to train ourselves when we catch ourselves doing it because our minds will do it. That is just being a human being. We have emotions and our minds, you know, monkey mind, you know, our, our minds are chattering with all of these thoughts. And how do we bring our attention to that and say, what am I choosing to think right now? What can, If it's negative, what do I replace it with? And consciously making a choice. You know, Pema Chodron is a Buddhist monk, uh, nun. And she has written a lot of wonderful books, which I love. And she says again and again, in every moment, the choice is love or fear. Mm -hmm. So fear is the choice to let your mind go to that bad place. And, and, and this is another one of the tools in the toolkit. Um, you know, what, what am I thinking? Am I empowering myself? Am I disempowering myself? Am I giving myself self-love or am I, am I, you know, putting myself down for having had this thing happen to me? Am I choosing ability or inability, right? And at that point of the journey, there was so much I couldn't do. So I just may actually made a list on my computer. One column was what I cannot do. And I'm telling you, it was an entire page long of small type. <laughs> and then on the other side, it was, how do I turn that around? What can I do? Okay, I could not play classical flute because you hold it out to the side, torques my back, couldn't sit in a chair at that point, you know. So I was like, all right, what can I do? I had Native American flutes. I asked my husband to go get them. And I, I would lay in bed and play my Native American flute. And I'm like, well, that felt really good. I couldn't play piano. So I started playing frame drum, which I could just hold on my stomach and play at that point. Um, I could not stand at my easel and paint. So I said, all right, what else can I do? Okay, I can sketch. Little, I couldn't ride horses anymore. So I started sketching horses. You know, it's just one of those things where we have to make a choice. Am I going down the downward spiral? Or am I going to try to find a better way forward? And everything in life is incremental. And we take that one step after one step after another. And every day I set a new goal. At one point, I could only walk about 11 steps to get to the bathroom. And, and it was miserably painful, horrible. Uh, I could barely, barely do that on my own. And I kept setting more goals. You know, I, I had my little pedometer and I started saying to myself, okay, um, What's my goal? What is my new goal? 50 steps, then it became hundreds and it became thousands. And so I would say an important part of, of that journey of, of not going to the terrible place is to try to set little goals, even if it's walking five extra steps a day or turning an inability into an ability. And then the other key one, that was, that was a game changer for me. And I read this someplace, I don't even remember where, but asking the right questions. And this is ancient, you know, people have been talking about this for centuries, you know, um, asking the right questions. 
when we're in a terrible place, something horribly disruptive has happened in our lives and our, our normal life is not, we either can't get back to that or it's going to be a long time before anything looks normal again. We tend to go to the what ifs, the bad what ifs. What if this is forever? What if it gets worse? What if people have to take care of me and I'm a burden to other people? Like, you know, your, your mind goes to that horrible, horrible place. And so it's a matter of turning the questions around. And so I started writing in my journal, what if something wonderful is about to happen? And then I dropped the what if, and it's, I greet it every day in my morning, monk morning, meditation and journaling and all of that with something wonderful is about to happen. And I have to admit, when I first started writing it, it felt like a lie. It felt like, you know, it, it felt like, oh yeah, as if that is ever going to happen, right? But the more you do it, it is the fake it until you make it thing, right? It's like, <laughs> you just keep telling yourself, yes, yes, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm grateful to be alive. You know, the gratitude is, is another whole tool in the toolkit. You know, gratitude every day. Um, my gratitude list before and after that defining moment looked totally different. But, you know, being grateful that it's not worse. There are people there were, there were people who were a lot worse than what I was. There, there are people who never got better. And so I began to look at things in a whole new way. Um, what can I be grateful for? I was grateful for my husband and, and friends and everyone who stood by me, you know, through this terrible thing. People who, who helped, um, friends and colleagues who understood and, 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 and helped with that positive outlook when I couldn't find it. You know, it, it was about finding the gratitude and and recognizing that this this notion I mentioned earlier, which is this healing journey is embedded in my life's journey. It's not my entire life. This too shall pass. Right. Hoping this too shall pass mm -hmm. and, and and wanting to believe that and hold on to that as as a beacon of hope and. And then I just began to settle into this place of saying, okay, I am getting a little better every, it wasn't day by day. It was more like week by week or month by month. But seeing enough improvement to say to myself, um, and I kept doing Reiki every day, all day, like, like throughout my day and sound healing. You know, I have a Tibetan bowl by my desk now and it's like, but, but at that point, it was by my bed, and I would just chime the Tibetan bowl. It changes the whole atmosphere of a room, you know. It sort of um, breaks up any negative energy. It opens blocked chakras and all of that. And so I would just incorporate those little things into the day and see that I was beginning to feel better physically and emotionally, all of that. And it's like, okay, there's hope. And you hold on to that and and just start, you know, realizing that this healing journey means something. Did I know what it meant? For years, for, for two or three years, I did not know what this meant. I was just surviving. and But I was getting better. But I didn't understand what it really meant. And then it began through the writing of my journal, 
which I recommend to everyone, whether you're a writer, it doesn't have to be perfect. Get your thoughts down because you can go back over years worth of your journey and say, ah, this is an aha moment. Something shifted here. And now I'm beginning to see that I'll never go back to that old life the way it was. And maybe that's a good thing. And in my case, it was. It was like, yeah, I didn't need to go back to that life the way it was. New doors were beginning to open. And for me, it was a deeper dive in into Reiki and sound healing and making sound healing part of my, my um, not only part of my daily practice, but, but part of the service that I offer to others who are on the healing journey. And so these doors began to open where I don't think I would have pursued them in the same way before the universe is smackdown. Honestly, it, I, that, that is what got my attention and got me onto this different path. And that path became my life's journey and what I believe is my soul's purpose now. Right. And so I just encourage any listener who's going through something terrible. I know it's really hard to hear this and say, oh, my God, that'll never happen. Like, I can't I can't see that day when that will happen to me, perhaps, you know, but know that it can and and hold hope that it can and keep looking for answers and all of that, because it can be totally this is the transform your life moment. Right. Like, <laughs> like when you realize that it's like. Wow, it did this, this is where we transform your life. <laughs> Kathy, something, there's a few things that I'm hearing you say. And I think for the listener who's going, I could never, or I don't see that day, or yeah, that sounds real nice. Good for her, right? I'm reading a book right now. Um, I think I have it with me. It's called The Emotion Code. So oh. it's by Dr. Bradley Nelson. I'm halfway through. It is supporting my practice, my self-practice and um, soon my practice with others. Um, but it's all about releasing emotions. Well, one of the things that Dr. Bradley Nelson mentions is when you look at um, water, for example, if you play classical music and you have water and you freeze it while playing that classical music or with a paper that says love on it, um, Yes. Or you you talk to it and you make it feel nice and you say all these nice things. It will turn into these beautiful symmetrical snowflakes. Yes. Right. And if you look at water that is freezing and you are playing um, screamo music or words of hate or um, you will get these asymmetrical um, entanglements, essentially. Yes. And so the premise being we are 70 percent water. Yes. Right. And so you think about all the words, all the music, all the intentions that we are giving to our body. Hopefully we're not freezing and becoming different symmetrical or asymmetrical shapes, but that's what's happening with our cells. That's what's happening with our energy. That's what's happening with our body. And that's why, like you think about cancer, for example, right? You think about if you tell yourself every day that you are horrible and you're worthless and your life sucks and and then you have other people maybe who are saying that too, you think about what the result is going to be, right? We look at just water freezing. Well, it yeah. does this crazy thing. Your body and your cells 
are responding all the time to the different things that you are inputting. And it sounds to me like the things that you were inputting are very positive. You're choosing music, you're choosing to write, you're choosing, right? You're not just scrolling on your phone 24 seven, trying to just pass the time. I'm sure there's probably a chunk of time where you, you had to do that to like, and then your brain went numb and you had to choose something else. Yes. But those, those inputs, and I think that's the piece when, it, when you talked about, am I choosing ability or disability? It's the knowing that we have the power to choose. If something bad has happened to you, mm-hmm. it's happening for you. We have said this before, but also you get to choose you actually get to choose to have the power in that situation. And when you go, oh, well, this just happened to me. I can't do anything about it. That's when you release your power and you don't have, you feel like you are stuck, right? And so I think it's really recognizing that you have the power to choose thoughts. You have the power to choose what podcasts you listen to. You have the power to choose music that supports your soul. You have the power to choose gratitude, right? And I think that's the piece because I think a lot of us, we don't necessarily operate in our life in an offensive way, which is that power place, right? We we end up operating in a defensive zone where it's like, oh, that happened to me. I guess I should react. I guess I have to respond to that versus going, you know what? Yes, I've been attacked, but it's time for me to do something and I have the power. So a thought comes in that is, you know, it's, it's not supportive to you becoming a snowflake, right? It's not supportive. It's time for you to go. No, no, this is my vessel. Fuck off. No way. I'm in charge here versus going like, oh my God, like, is that true? Is that, no, I know that's not true. That's crazy. No, thank you. Right. And just really owning that power and choosing all of those things. Right. And that's what I'm hearing you choosing all of those things. You pulled them in. And my question to you then is, did you heal yourself? Did I heal myself? Mm. Yeah. I believe. Yes, I do. Now I'm the first to say, I love my doctors. I listen to my doctors. I do as much complimentary medicine. But at the end of the day, we all have the power to heal ourselves. And I love what you just said, because there's another there's another study um, and another book, which I'm blanking on the name of it, by Dr. Emoto, who wrote a book about this exact thing that, that you know, the, the snowflakes, the water and examining what the molecules look like spoken to negatively and positively. And there are studies about children in school, young kids, where there are two plants in the classroom. They come in every day and they talk to the, to the one plant only with hate words and to the other plant with kind, loving words. One plant dies. The, or, or, or just doesn't thrive. And that's the plant that has been spoken to negatively. And so often we as humans let that negative chatter go on in our heads. And every moment, as you say, is a choice. Every moment is a choice. We get to choose how we speak to ourselves. And so, yes, that is exactly what I did. I And it was my husband. One day he came in and I'm flat on my back and I'm feeling sorry for myself, frankly, you know, I was just in a really bad place. And it was early on. And he said, you could do that all day. Or why don't I, why don't I put 
some music, you know, from your phone. Why don't, why don't we, why don't we play some music? I'm like, okay. And he put on nice, uplifting, beautiful music. And it's like, of course, we all know the moment when our favorite song comes on and how great we feel, right? So, so there is something to this, the positive speak. And at that point in time, I did not watch television. I did not put anything like resembling news on my laptop. I was not watching anything negative happening in the world or negative movies. Everything had to be comedy or uplifting. And it sounds like to some people perhaps living in and looking looking through rose-colored glasses, right? And that very much is is not what was going on in this particular situation. I think we all have a choice to um, make make decisions on what we're going to actually fill our lives with. And so it gets to it gets to another thing that I that I think is really important that that you touched on, and that is healing ourselves. And so there there's a lot of research being done now on both Reiki, as you know, and and sound healing. And and this is an amazing thing. And I think it's the future of medicine. I, I hear a lot of medical doctors talking about this. As you know, Reiki and sound healing are part of a lot of integrative therapy departments in hospitals and nursing homes. And the reason for that is um, they're finding that it, that it works. The sonic scientists have been working along with um, and, and Reiki practitioners have been working along with medical researchers. And what they find is fascinating. There's some studies out of UCLA just, just really quickly that are amazing. Um, a guy by the name of James uh, Jimzuski does this kind of research where he works with, with energy and sound healers to take a look at the, the, the cells in the body. He has come to find out that that every cell in the body, um, every type of cell in the body, makes its own sound. And when it stops making sound, it is diseased or damaged or otherwise not working optimally. And the most fascinating thing about it is that when those cells are infused with sound or energy, they respond they watch this under a microscope. It, it's fascinating. The, the, the cells respond and become active again, which means the cells are healing themselves with sound and energy. And it, it's, it's a spectacular finding, I think. And I think it's the future of modern medicine. And so when we say, how do we heal ourselves? You hit on the answer. And I, I write about this a little bit in my book about how Everything is a choice, every moment. We could be sitting here in silence, feeling sorry for ourselves, or we could watch or listen to something uplifting. We could do something positive. We could tell ourselves positive things. A simple mantra that I was using for a long time is, I am becoming healthy. I am healing. And there were, like I said, there were days when I was like, oh my gosh, it just does not feel like that's happening. And I kept doing it anyway. And through those, those positive messages to our bodies, much like the snowflakes, the water, the plants, right? 
because we're 70% water, that resonates in our entire bodies. And, and so that's the future. And when you talk about that, it's it's not necessarily, from my understanding, it's not necessarily the sound. It's the frequency of the sound, right? And it's the exactly. same with Reiki healing. And it's the same yes. with um, all different types of modality. Um, the, it's the frequency with which that comes in at. And so when you think about the the water, right? And the way that it either transforms into something that's, you know, gnarly or something that's really beautiful is the frequency of those words, the frequency of that music, the frequency of that sound yes. is what changes the frequency of the cells. So if it's diseased or it's lifeless, the frequency that's coming in. So when you choose love, love is the highest frequency, right? Love mm -hmm. is creation and source. And so when you choose that piece, that's when you actually see that transformation happen is because of the actual frequency, right? And so that's why regardless of choosing screamo music or classical mm -hmm. flute music, they're mm -hmm. coming in at a different frequency, right? And so that's the the piece there that I think is... That is exactly right. Because this is what we forget. We are energy beings, right? Like Absolutely. Everything is energy. The whole universe is energy, right? Even a rock sitting there in a garden is energy. And so as energy beings, yes, everything in our bodies responds to frequency, and so it is a matter of choosing what frequency love is the highest frequency, right? Hate is the lowest or certainly one of the lowest. And so that is, that is the choice in every moment. Sure. I was, I was listening to a podcast just last night that my husband had me listen to. And I, it was about a survivor who um, she's from North Korea and she mm -hmm. survived, um, horrendous things that literally we would not even be able to fathom like yeah. ownership. Like they didn't even know that outside of North Korea, there's, there's other people like they are taught that yes, right. like their, their leader is a God and there's, they eat grasshoppers and leaves. Like they don't have food. Right. So she was raped every day, like just horrendous, oh like, slavery sold had to sell her mom so she could live like just oh these unbelievable wild scenario um and the host of this podcast asked her how you know how is she dealing with it now like she seems like happy and life is good and you know she's doing really well and she's you know and she said well all I have to do is live with the memory of it like I'm not it's not happening right now. And I thought that that was such a beautiful um, nugget in that we, we often dwell. Yes. Right. And even though she had faced incredible oppression, incredible suffering, absolutely like things that we would not even, our brains don't even understand because it's not even happening in our worlds. Right. That she went through and her connection to that was, well, it's not happening right now. All it, the memory is easy. I just have to know that it's a memory. And, you know, and I just thought that was really neat. So for anybody who is listening and going, yeah, I just can't get over it though. And just remembering that that's the memory of it. You don't have to relive it. You don't have to keep going back to it. It's not happening 
right now because we tend to live in the past or into the future, right? Yeah. And I think when we move into presence and we allow that love to show up, that's when, you know, that transformation can take place. You are so right. And what a story that is. And, and you know, that it just reminds us that it's all about living in the now, in this present moment. And there were certainly times when I was flat on my back and miserable and in horrible pain that I would say to myself, but this is a beautiful moment. The present moment is a beautiful moment and I am okay. Things aren't as bad as they were days ago, a month ago, even a year ago, um, and now several years ago. It, it is all about being in this moment and, and finding in the moment beauty. You know, one of the things that is so healing is a sense of awe, a sense of beauty. When we look at our, at our world, at our universe, and the fact that we're on this incredible planet that is our life support system that is um, that provides everything that we need and that we're rotating wildly you know uh, and hurling through the universe and yet this is this is this is where we are and it's amazing and beautiful and if we just go out into nature or look at the stars in the night sky we can be filled with such a sense of of wonder and awe and so I would say to people, your listeners who, who are having that really hard moment, whatever it happens to be, to think about, just, just really focus on the right now. What is this present moment for you? Sure, there are going to be negative things that you're going through, but can you find one thing to latch onto? Maybe it's the love of your family or a pet or a friend. Maybe it's the beauty of nature. Maybe if you're bedridden and flat on your back and you look out your window, all you see is blue sky and a branch of a tree. Find, find the beauty and the awe of that moment. If it's a peaceful moment where you are, really embody that peace. It's about embodying the peace and tranquility and, and beauty of this present moment. And if you don't have that in the present moment, it's back to that this too shall pass and the next moment might be better. And that's what we have to hope for. But yeah, I love that story. It, it just really drives home the need for all of us to be in the moment as much as we can. And and there, there have been some beautiful um, meditations by Thich Nhat Hanh, but, but I, I remember him always saying uh, something to the effect of, you know, I, I breathe in this present moment and I smile for this is a beautiful moment. And so it is, it is just one of those things that we can just hold on to, the beauty of this moment. Yeah, I love that. And I think part of the, the, the corollary to that is that, that sometimes we, we end up in our story, as you mentioned about the woman in North Korea. You know, if we're living fully in the present moment, we're not living in a story. And often we live in the story we tell ourselves. And when I was sharing about, you know, the doctor said I'd be in a wheelchair by the time I was in my mid-30s, and I said, yeah, I don't want any part of that. Um, I chose, I made a conscious choice not to live in that moment of I'm going to be living, 
I'm going to be in a wheelchair one day. I'm not currently, you know, and I'm I'm thrilled about that. But but I, I, I chose not to live in that story. So it's all about the stories we tell ourselves. You know, what story are you living from right now? That's always a good question. If we find that we're in a downward spiral of misery or suffering, um, bitterness, anger, any of those emotions, the, the appropriate question is, what story am I living in in this moment? I'm not living in the present. What story am I living in? And in this moment, is that true? Like, you know, in, in, a, in a really hard moment, I might have been feeling sorry for myself or just, you know, miserable in some way. But when I brought myself back to that point of the present moment, it was like, oh, yeah, what what story was I living in just then? Not the present moment story. I was living in some past story or perseverating on a future story that hasn't happened. We have to be careful about what stories we're living in. Yeah. I'm curious, what did the doctors end up saying to you after you went through this? You obviously went back for visits. Was there shock or surprise for them? Did you find that they tried to take credit? And then the second question is, I don't understand why doctors continuously say like you're going to die in six months or you're going to be in a wheelchair or make these proclamations about your path. I understand trying to guard us with here's the information, but I do think people then believe that we put the yes. power onto doctors that they are then the ones that are determining it. And that makes sense why so many people are struggling so much with health crises because they say, oh, the doctor, they're the powerful one. What they have determined is already my path. So the question is then, why do we give that power to the doctors field um, in the way that we do with so much trust, with so much beliefs? What do you think, Kathy? Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful question. And it is one that that we all have to hold close to us because we give our power away. Yes, go see your doctors, listen to what they say, uh, get second opinions, talk to alternative medicine doctors and practitioners, experiment with things like Reiki and sound healing and any kinds of alternative um, therapies. There are zillions of them. But... Follow your, follow your own heart. What is your heart saying? And I am telling you, you know, I, in the beginning, I gave my power away to those doctors, to the, to the neurosurgeons. They, they could not operate because my many spinal diseases made it so complicated. They didn't give me a, a, a 40% chance rate that I'd be better. You know, they said you could be way worse. So they, nobody would touch it. I went to like seven or eight doctors in a, in a short period of time and they, they would not touch it. And it ended up being a great blessing because I guess on one hand, I wanted somebody to fix me, right? I want the doctor to fix me. I was willing to give away my power. Fortunately, they said, uh, no, we, we can't do that. Your body might heal on its own or it might not. I had one doctor my rheumatologist at the time, and I've, 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 I have reversed my autoimmune diseases, which they say you cannot do. I've done that. And I write about that in my book. We don't have time for that today. But, but you know, that, that rheumatologist, when I came back and I was standing up straight and I was walking and he was like, 
what did you do? And I said, well, doctor, let me tell you. And I told him my whole protocol of all the things I integrated with Western medicine. And I said, what do you think about that? And he said, keep doing it. That's all he had to say. He didn't endorse it. He didn't say good job. He didn't say, I'm glad to see anything. He said, and I said, I still have pain. I, I, I sometimes have flare-ups and things and they're very painful. He says, yeah, you're gonna die of pain. How do you like that? I was horrified. I couldn't, I, and I never went back to see him again. It was like, how dare you say that to me, right? It's like, you can't tell me that's what I'm going to die of. I, I am trying to find every answer possible. And I found other doctors and thankfully I've, I've just, I've done nothing but improve at a time when he was just willing to throw me away and say, you know, you're, you're just gonna die of pain. There's nothing more I can do for you. We have to remember we have agency. We, we have the power. And, and I, I, you know, I guess I'm just really lucky. I, I got on this path really, you know, many, many years ago. And, and I did not, I did not want to believe it. And I was doing so much research and hearing other people's stories about how they did turn their lives around. People who, who had cancer, who healed from cancer without chemo or radiation. You know, you hear all of these amazing stories about what people are able to do. And I held on to those. And I didn't want to believe that they, they said, you know, you'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life and you're going to die of pain, by the way. I, I just said, no, I'm not going to believe that. But I hate to think of if I had been in a worse place that I might have believed that. Where would I be today? Like, maybe I would have been exactly that. Maybe I would have let that happen and not look for answers. I don't know. But it is a beautiful reminder that you brought up that, you know, we all have, we have to, we have to, you know, weigh what doctors say, definitely follow their directions. If it's going to save your life or make you better, find other answers, get second opinions, look at alternative medicine, but recognize that you are in the driver's seat. This is your life. This is your health. This is your healing journey, right? It's your soul's journey. Like you have, you have the power. And like we discussed, much of that power is in our minds. Put your mind in the place where you are going to recover and you're not going to be in a wheelchair or die of pain or whatever terrible things they say to you. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, I don't know if you have I you done it. Okay. I was like, yeah, this sounds you. like a Dr. Joe Dispenza yeah. situation. Um, yes. He healed his own spine. Uh, yes, he did. Being in a brutal biking accident. And um, I follow a lot of his incredible research. Like he's, he's a doctor that, you know, he talks about manifestation, but he does it from a very scientific, like, yes. he talks about frequencies that he's measured. I'm like, Oh, like you're yes. not just like feeling into it. He's like, I need to know the science. Right. Yes. Um, I reference him in my book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's an incredible uh, man who also refused four surgeons yes. um, who told him he would never walk again, probably even with the surgery. And he was just like, no, I'm going to try something. And he yeah. just healed his own self. Yes. And so the reason that I asked earlier, if you healed yourself um, is because I, 
I also had, it was one week, like it was not, it was not months, it was not a year. Um, but for one week, I was, and Angela, maybe you remember this, but like, remember, yeah. Uh, my back was mangled. I had to cancel all my clients. I had to, like, I couldn't, I couldn't function. Mm-hmm. And yet I still had to be a mom. And one of the things that I had to do was take my, my son to piano lessons. So when he got in there, I was like, there's nothing I can do except sit here. And I've got 16 minutes until he's done. I'm going to heal this. Wow. And so I did. I just went inside. I found exactly where it was. And every time there was a twinge, I was just like, I love you. You're safe here. It's okay. You can take up space. I mean, we're not doing anything anyway. So we might as well hang out. We might as well get to know each other real good. We might as well be be friends. And that took my pain from a nine. Like I was literally crying before I got in the truck because I was like, I can't manage my life. And then by the time I got home, I was at a, probably a three. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Gabor Mate, uh, John Kabat-Zinn, um, they, they all have written about this and, and speak about it. And I think it's John Kabat-Zinn who talks about befriending your pain. I, I've done his meditations where, you know, you go into that place and it does work. And I also write about this in my book and, and, and quote all of these guys because they are at the forefront of, of this kind of, of healing. And yes, we can heal ourselves this way. You know, uh, Dr. Uh, Gabor Mate has written a wonderful book, When the Body Says No. I don't know whether you're familiar with that one, either one of you, but when the body says no, and it's all about when we take on things that we'd rather not be doing, um, when we feel like we don't have agency enough to make a decision and, and say no, uh, if we're doing things that make us unhappy at the expense of things that we could be doing that are more positive, those are the times that, that, that things do happen within our body. And, and this whole idea that, that pain or injury or illness, disease in our bodies is because of another reason like this. So we ask ourselves, in the case of backs, our backs, you know, the back, as Louise Hay um, used to say, uh, you know, the back is your, your center of support. It, it holds, literally holds our bodies up. So we have to question, if this back thing has happened to me, where do I not have support in my life? And I think part of that for me was was figuring out that I needed to take more um, more of my power back. And and if there wasn't, if there was something I was saying I had to do that was what I call the the cursed shoulds in air quotes. Um, you know, I should do this, I should do that at the expense of what do I want to do. That, that manifests in our bodies. And, and we know this as Reiki practitioners. You know, there are blockages in our chakras, right? There can be blockages in our chakras. And a lot of times it comes from this exact kind of thing. Where in your life is something, are, are, are you not taking your power back or living your most authentic life? Where in your body is it getting stuck? And Reiki and sound healing, all of those things, any kind of body work or any energy work helps to open up 
those channels, those energy channels and can, can help healing. But, but yeah, I totally agree with you. We heal ourselves. I feel like I have, it's been a big team. Like I have a, I had quite a large team of, of people around me to, to help me heal. But, but certainly all of these people we've been talking about, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Mate, and many, many others, you know, for people who are, who have not done this reading or, or, or listened to their podcasts or read their articles, you know, I would, I would encourage you to, to start exploring some of this stuff and, and begin some of the practices. They're not, they're not hard, but they require focus and energy and we need to commit ourselves to them. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. Once you get on the healing path, you need to make the commitment to yourself to find answers for your particular situation. And, and then uh, that is the robust self-care part. Just make the time, do the work. Um, and, and, you know, it is interesting how when you begin to do things incrementally day by day, you see results. And so it's good to keep a journal and say where you are and what you did and who you read and what meditations you're doing or, or whatever else and how you are in a month or a week or a year, right? Absolutely. It, it, it is how we heal ourselves. Yeah. I think do say the addition of both trust and surrender being part of that. Right. Being able to fully trust, to fully surrender and let go of control and be Absolutely. able to um, welcome that in. Now, we've come up to our hour, Kathy. So I want to say thank you deeply and sincerely for sharing your inspiring story, for sharing the nuggets of information, for really just being this incredible voice in today's conversation as a beacon of hope, as a beacon of inspiration for anybody right now that might be struggling. We will be sure to put in the show notes all the information so that people can get your book, Surviving to Thriving. Um, is Amazon the best place for them to purchase that? Yeah, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And thank you both. This conversation has just been a joy and I, I just love that you are spreading this message out there. So many people in our world need it right now. So just keep on doing the good work. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, we do have one last question for you, though. All right. It is what we end all our podcasts on. Um, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah, I think this is a beautiful question. Um, and I, I, I think about that. And I think, I think, I began thinking about this really, really vigorously when the the disc ruptures happened. It's like, what is my legacy? There was a time when I was writing the book and I was I was like, oh my gosh, I'm such a private person. Do I really want my story out there? You know, this is this is a big leap, you know, to be out there in the world talking about these things. That's not who I was before all of this. And the reason I began writing the book writing the articles, doing the podcasts like this is because I, I want to be remembered as my legacy, as a, a, a beacon of light in people's lives. You know, th there, there are so many dark times in the world now and historically, and, and 
everyone encounters this in their own personal lives. And there have been many people in my own life who, who have been beacons of light and hope. And it's like, that's what I want to be. And all we have to do is just radiate our light, our stories, so that other people in a bad moment can say, okay, she did that. Maybe I can too. And and let me try that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. To just be a light, a light in the world at, at a sometimes dark time. Thank you for that question. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Oh, thank you for sharing, Kathy. We will see everybody uh, next week for another episode of the Transform Your Life. As always, guys, lots of love. Thanks, Kathy. Thank lots of love. Ciao.